0: Hello oh, and welcome to Revenger's Friends from Work on the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions expressed in this episode are my own. Please enjoy the show. You're listening to Revenger's Friends from Work, the podcast with your host, Christina Zellen. In this episode of Revenger's Friends from Work, the podcast, I'll be discussing Loki, the show. This is the third episode in a mini-series where I'll talk about each of the TV shows and movies of 2021. First, as always, I'm going to talk about the overall plot of the show. Now, the show kind of had a variation of plots, I want to say. So I'll try and go over each of them that I kind of saw. So you have Loki and the variant of himself, Sylvie trying to figure out who is behind the organza- organization known as the TVA and bring them down. They both don't like the TVA. Loki even said himself that the TVAs both hurt them. They are controlling people's lives, as they want to say it, and they just want everyone to have freedom. So they're just trying to bring down the TVA so everyone has control over their own lives. Loki is trying to figure out who he really is as a person and what his destiny is in life, and it takes him on a journey to learn about self-love. Hence the whole Loki-Sylvie relationship thing. Because I had had to, look. I wanted to truly know what was the purpose of the love interest being Sylvie in the show. And apparently it was to have Loki learn about self-love and like self-forgiveness and whatnot, which I'd say he did learn. I feel like there could have been better ways to go about showing that instead of having him fall in love essentially with himself. But, you know, they did it. No going back now. And then you have Sylvie, who is trying to get revenge on the people who ruined her life by essentially kidnapping her as a child. She apparently wasn't supposed to exist. That was the words that she used. The only reason that I can put together, because I don't think she really blatantly said it, was that she was a female variant. All the Loki variants are male. She was female. I'm just presuming that that's the reason why she wasn't supposed to exist, because she wasn't a man. The relationship between... Loki and Sylvie was another part of the plot. Why? Like I said, to find self-love. And I'm not going to lie. At first, I enjoyed the fact that Loki was willing to open up to someone and actually love somebody because we just constantly see throughout all his time in the MCU, he's constantly shutting people out. He doesn't trust anybody. He constantly betrays people. No one loves him. He loved nobody. That's just the way it was. And so this show was kind of hoping that, okay, maybe he would find somebody. And he did. And he did actually just love her. He never flat out, they never flat out said, I love you to each other. But it was pretty much portrayed. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't want to hurt you. I just want to, I just want you to be okay. Well, those were his exact words. And he was cheering up while he said it. So, you know, I don't, if that isn't love, then I don't know what is. But I was happy for him that he realized that he could be, loved essentially and that he can love somebody and he can open up about his past and open up about his feelings with people because we would never seen that but then that quickly faded (laughs) once reality hit me then i realized he was basically in love with himself it wasn't a lot of people weren't happy with this a lot of people weren't and like i said in the beginning i was happy with it it's like look at loki go he's loving people he's he's finally happy he realizes that he can be loved and he can love people. And then people are like, this absolutely sucks. He's in love with himself. Like, why would they do this? And I'm like, all right. Yeah. I see, I see your point as to why people don't like it, but you, you win some and you lose some, you get, you gain some character development. You get some cringy love scenes with yourself. So to each his own, I guess. And the main point of this show like that kind of drives to the plot is just to open up the multiverse because that's the, the entire thing that the TVA was trying to prevent they were trying to prevent the branches on the said sacred timeline they're trying to prevent the multiverse because that's originally what caused the TVA to be created there was multiple realities battling it out to see we we are reality our timeline is the timeline and then Kang we're just I'm just gonna say it's Kang because it's he said he's a conqueror and the only person that looks like him and is called the conqueror is kang the conqueror kang came along he's like all right guys i'm gonna just reorganize it and i am call the so-called timekeepers yeah sure they'll be the figures of who's in charge but i'm actually the really one in charge so he just mangles all the timelines together boom the sacred timeline is formed and so now he creates the tva he's like okay to make sure that no other variants of me because he met his other variants and they weren't too happy a few of them were like he said they're like oh they share technology they shared like ideas and it was great and then some other variants of me didn't really like that they wanted dominance they wanted to be the dominant timeline so they fought it out I guess I'm gonna say our version of Kang put an end to it made one timeline created the TVA to preserve that one timeline so other variants of himself wouldn't come or even variants of any other dangerous person. It doesn't have to be just him. We saw the other variants of Loki. We see what they can are capable of. We know we're gonna see variants of Wanda and Strange in the Multiverse Madness. They don't look too pleasant, especially like the zombie ones. So they're a very dangerous variants of people that we know that could easily start a multiversal war if provoked. They don't even have to be provoked. They could just want it. That's just that's their determined reason they just want control and they just want the power and they just want to be dominant that's enough for some people to start a war regardless he shut it down he created the tva how do you find workers for the tva you make the variants of people the workers the tva and it took a little bit to convince mobius of that we just know that he loved jet skis and he's like yeah jet skis are nice they're cool and loki's like looking into it a little bit harder and then finally sylvie flat out told him you know, they are variants, right? And they're just kind of like brainwashed people who had lives and no longer do. And now I've just been working for the TVA for who knows how long. And so Loki cares about Mobius. I know he didn't at first. I loved Loki and Mobius's relationship. It was just the two of them were just like being sarcastic with each other. And it was just really funny to watch because Mobius helped Loki realize that he can love people and can be loved. First of all, I think it was episode yeah, it was at, it was at the, like towards the end of episode 4, he got like trapped in like this time loop thing with Lady Sif and Loki finally realizes after doing it so many times he's like, yeah, he's like I can't be he's like I can't be loved, I can't be trusted, I deserve to be with no one. And it was at that point that once he finally realized that, that Mobius ended it and he goes, "Do you really do you really think that you like don't deserve to be loved?" And Loki didn't answer him. Mobius finally tells him he goes, "If you help me now, you can essentially be free he's like you can even be someone good if you want that in case no one ever told you that so mobius did believe in loki that he could be a good person he must have seen it in him he just saw it over his time i don't know what like mobius saw in him but he saw something and it was good enough i guess maybe watching loki go through the time loop thing over and over and over again that's when he finally realized okay loki can be like he realized something realization helps growth. We saw a lot of character development, but I will put the character development aside from now, and now talk about the powerful scenes in the show. So one of the really powerful scenes that kind of makes me tear up every time I watch it is Loki watching all the events of his life. He is kind of at first, he sees the events of the first Avengers movie and seeing him get beat by the Avengers. He's kind of, like, rolling his eyes and kind of scoffing. He's like, all right. Yeah, I know they beat me. Okay, I don't... Like, the, this just happened for him. Because remember, he, was ta- he teleported away with the Tesseract. That was an endgame. But they got the Tesseract from the 2012 version of themselves. So 2012 Loki just got beat by the Avengers and I was now taken back to Asgard. But he didn't quite get there because that was the whole point. He got teleported away before he could go to Asgard. So now, this is 2012 Loki that we're dealing with here, who didn't have all the character development that we saw, especially in Thor Ragnarok. That all went away, which I know some people were also mad at the beginning. They were mad because all the character development just went down the drain. But we got some new. We got some different types of character development, which I was okay with. Anyway, back to the point. Seeing, Having Loki see all the events of his life and kind of proving, it was proving the TVA that they have seen everything and proves Mobius that he was... He's like, I, he's like, I've seen every aspect of your life. I know what's going to happen. Loki didn't want to believe it. And then he finally saw it. And I guess he's like, he believed it. Because he saw... At that point in time, he didn't know what was going to happen past 2012. He didn't see the events of his mother dying. He didn't see the events of his father dying. He didn't see how he died. And he's sitting there because at that point, we did, it's the first episode. We don't have any character development yet. To see him actually cry over his mom's death and mobius showing him that it was his fault that she got killed and he was upset he was visibly upset by it and then once mobius left the room it just all came crashing down on him because he saw the relationship that he had built over time with thor because at the end of ragnarok it was great it was it was like happy times thor even said to him it's like if you were here i'd actually give you a hug and you see loki's look like am i there And then he he sees that he is, and he starts smiling. Like, he was happy that he was there for Thor. And he was happy that Thor wanted him to be there, and that he wanted to give him a hug. Loki really enjoyed that. Because after literally just seeing his mom get killed, he sees that. And he goes, oh, okay, well, yeah, my mom died. But hey, I got a good relationship with my brother, right? Wrong. Because in the very next clip, we see how Loki dies by the hands of Thanos. And you just hear this audible gasp from him when you hear Thanos literally just snap his neck. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I, we didn't hear that really that much in the movie. Like for me, it wasn't, I want to say as loud, but hearing it in Loki, I was, I was, I kind of gasped with, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's kind of loud. But the thing is that a lot of people pointed out in theory, once I'm going (laughs) to, this is kind of getting a little graphic for me. Once Loki's neck was snapped, In theory, the file should have ended if he died right then and there, but it didn't. It kept going. Loki was essentially still alive, and he sees Thor just, like, crawl over to his dead body and just hug him goodbye because he thinks that he's dying there. So Loki wasn't dead at first because his file ended after that, which kind of sucks for Loki watching him because I think it would have been better for him if he just died right then and there, but then the fact that he had to watch Thor just mourn over his dead body for a good solid 10 seconds was just awful for him to watch, and it made me start crying a little bit. It also was good because, I'm, I'm circling back to uh, Frigga's death, because I just re-watched Thor The Dark World to see this. He felt more rage, and he wanted more revenge than he did now. Because you look into Thor The Dark World, and you just see him use his powers and just throw stuff across the room. He looks like an utter mess. He wants revenge for the people who killed her. He's just full of rage and hatred. Now, in you see sadness, mostly because he knows that he can't. There's nothing to be mad about. He can't go get revenge from where he's in the TVA. There's nothing really to do other than just sit there and watch. So it was kind of good to see a change so that he was more sad than because Loki's always just very rageful and full of hatred. That's kind of what he's felt as his whole life, and now that he's turning a little bit softer and feeling those actual sadness emotions, it was kind of good for us to see that. He isn't just full of hatred 24-7. Another powerful scene that a lot of people did enjoy and did like was Loki essentially coming out as gender fluid. And it was good because a lot of a lot of people were, were happy about this nod. And I was happy about it too because we don't really have a lot of LGBTQ MCU members, I want to say. We have Fastos and his husband in Eternals. And I'm sorry, but I can't remember anything else off the top of my head. So that's kind of it, unless there's something else that I can't remember. So having one of like a mainstream character that's been here for 10 plus years now come out as that, a lot of people were really happy about it. And a lot of people really enjoyed how in the background of that scene, you see the colors of like the gender fluid flag. And it was good because look, he got like, he's like, I enjoy both. So it was a big win for all the LGBTQ plus members to see that one of their favorite characters came out. And I was happy for him, too. I was like, go, Loki. Figure out who you are, because that's kind of the point of the show. Another powerful scene that I found enjoying was the beginning of episode four, when Loki and Sylvia are essentially about to die because the rocket ship that they were going to get on to avoid the planet being exploded, exploded. Something happened. There was some malfunction or something, or people on the ship exploded it. Regardless, their way out exploded (laughs) and now they're just left on this planet that's about to get destroyed by another planet and they're just sitting there reflecting on what it means to be a loki sylvie is asking loki they're asking each other are we are we destined to lose is it just written in our code that if we are a loki we just lose all the time there's there's no joy for us there's no love for us we never just win Because in the beginning of, or in the middle of episode three, Sylvie asked Loki, he was like, what does it mean to be a Loki? And he just kind of sarcastically answers, like style and like class and whatnot, like authoritativeness. And he kind of like jokingly answered it. But now that they were minutes from death's door, they actually sat down and realized, well, maybe our destiny is to lose. That's who we are. And Mobius even told him this, he goes, your purpose is to build up other people. Your purpose is to make other people realize the full potential of themselves. You will never feel that. That's your job for other people to feel. And so Loki's kind of sitting there like, okay, thanks for that, Mobius. I really needed to hear that right now when I'm going through an identity crisis. Let me hear about how I bring other people up and not myself. And the last powerful scene that I'm sure is the most powerful and has the most impact on the show is, of course, Sylvie killing Kang and opening up the multiverse. You just hear it just cracking sounds it sounds like somebody's stepping on twigs it's very accurate as to what we see later with the whole glass shattering sound and we see it we see see and hear it and what if and we see it in the multi of madness trailer it's very they're very keeping up with the whole glass shattering and like the crackling sound of it because that's what it is it's reality breaking what does breaking sound like it sounds like cracking and shattering essentially what it is went through some major character development in the show, but it didn't really matter. At least for now, we won't see anything because he, of course, dies in Infinity War. So all this character development, once again, is kind of going down the drain. In the beginning of the show, Loki is his mischievous self. He's stealing things. He's having his god complex. And by the end of the show, what is this? He's thinking things through and was being kind to people. Look at that. Even though he didn't get along with Mobius in the beginning, he called him a friend and gave him a hug and wished him well to go back to the TVA and deal with Friendslayer. He was like, he's like, farewell, my friend. And they were like hugged and it was really cute. And I really enjoyed it because, you know, at the beginning, they were bantering with each other. They were acting like an old married couple. For us, it was fun to watch, but I'm sure for Loki and Mobius, they couldn't stand to each other. And after going on these like adventures with him, he finally learned to appreciate him as a friend. And Mobius just helped Loki realize he can be a good person. And Mobius was that person who built him up. And he's like, you can do this. You got this. You can be a good person if you want to. You can be whatever you want to be. No one's ever told him that before. You have Odin over here who's like, your birthright was to die. You're not even supposed to be here right now. You have Thor saying, I can never trust you. And I wish I could trust you, but I can't. You have his mother flat out dying. That's it. That's all the people that's really been in his life or has at least been close to him. So then you have Mobius just come along and he just tells him, you can be a good person. So we stand Mobius for that. Quick side note. Someone brought this up on a TikTok and I can't stop thinking about this. If 2012 Loki, now I mean like the Avengers Loki, like the Loki who was killing 80 people in two days Loki, ever met like episode six Loki where he's caring about Sylvie and not wanting to kill people, he would be appalled by what he saw. He would be fuming. He would be like, this is the person you've become. You've become this soft over a woman. It would be so funny to watch him just flip out and just be like, oh my god, what have you turned into? You've gone soft on me. What happened to this mischievous self that we have? It's all just thrown away. Like, I kind of want to see a conversation between end of show Loki and, like, 2012 Loki. That would be an interesting thing to see. Now we're moving on to Sylvie. So as we know, Sylvie was taken by the TVA as a young child because she wasn't even supposed to exist. Like I said earlier, probably because she was a girl. That's the that's the way they made it out. Even though she wasn't a man, she, she was still as sly as any of, the, any of the other Lokis, and she made her escape from the TVA and has been on the run ever since. She's been hiding out into the apocalypse to evade being found and she was originally made out to be the villain at first because that's what they needed loki's help for in the beginning otherwise they would have just pruned it and reset the timeline mobius wanted loki's help because that's who they're tracking they were tracking a variant of loki and they figured who knows loki better than himself let's use him to find this loki variant because he must know who what how this loki variant thinks what they would do let's use him And then we can prune them after that, pretty much. So after Loki and Sylvie finally meet, they're forced to work together to get off this planet because Sylvie wants to get back to the TVA to bring down the timekeepers. Loki also wants to get back to the TVA, also to kill the timekeepers. But they just don't necessarily like each other at first. But then after a short period of time, we realize that the TVA is actually in the wrong. And that their means of motivation actually were kind of in the right, in a way. So eventually they team up together like, okay, we have to find whoever's in charge of the TVA and bring them down so that people have free will. And that people aren't constantly getting pruned and same with timelines. Because they're just erasing the existence of how many people and just throwing them into this void at the end of time. Loki gets pruned because of Renslayer. Sylvie's surrounded by people and she goes, she goes, okay, well, Loki's there. That's where we think the end of the time is. Let me just prune myself and just go there. Because originally at first I just thought it's kind of like a Thanos snap thing. You just get turned to dust and then you're nothing. But you actually get teleported to the end of time. So that's cool. There was a lot of Easter eggs in that void. There's too many to even talk about, but there's just a lot of stuff you got to look out for that's comic book accurate. So once they find the man in charge, he who remains as they call it, Sylvie's rage takes over. She sends Loki back to the TVA. Not their TVA, a different TVA. So there's basically just no obstacle in front of her. There is absolutely nothing stopping her from killing Kang. She was just fueled by this rage and hatred and revenge from the TVA, just taking her life away because she could just have a normal life. She could have had it, but the TVA took it from her. She she looked no older than 10. She had to be at least, I'd say, six, 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 between 6 to 10. That's what that's what it was. And we don't they, they don't die at the age of eighty. Loki's fifteen hundred years old. So just imagine I don't even know we don't know at what point in time Sylvie was taken. Loki might not have even been born yet. She could be 200, 300 years older than him and still be on the run. Just think about that. Being on the run for like a thousand years plus, it's a little crazy to think about. So regardless, all those years were stolen from Sylvie. I understand her rage and I understand her frustration. What I don't understand is why she still wouldn't think things out after Kang basically gave the ultimatum and even Loki, who was still trying to convince her, let's just talk about this. Let's not jump to harsh and rash conclusions, which is what she did. Let's just sit down and think about what could happen. Either you and me, we run this TVI together. We could still tell them That they're variants and that they had lives. But we can still tell them that you still need to keep doing this. Because it needs to be done. So there isn't a whole multiversal war. Or we kill the he who remains and open up the multiverse for infinite versions of himself to basically come and wreak havoc on all different universes. Hmm. Which one sounds better? It's basically what Loki's telling her. Sylvie doesn't want any of it. She doesn't want to hear any of it. She is just blinded by her rage. She's like, I just need to kill him. He stole my life from me. He ruined my life forever. Death to him. is pretty much what she's saying. But that's kind of going back to Loki. That's his character development. Normal Loki would be like, yeah, sure. Let's just kill him. He, he, he was essentially mean to me. He kidnapped me off my timeline. Yeah. Let's just kill him. But now Loki's slowing down, thinking things through, realizing that this might not be the best idea and this is great he's like this is greater than ourselves because loki's been known to be very self-centered it's always about him it's always about being in control and that's what Sylvie calls him out on she's she tells him you want this because it's a throne you want the throne you want to be the ruler of the TVA and loki finally isn't is realizing that he doesn't want the throne that's all that's ever been about loki wants a throne multiple people have called him out on it before but this is loki finally saying no i don't want it this is about something bigger than myself. And we both have to realize that that's what we see with Loki's character development. Sylvie hasn't quite gotten there yet. And unfortunately it's a little too late to turn back now. As Mobius says, speaking of Mobius, we're moving on to him. Mobius was the comedic relief of the show and he played this part beautifully. I love Owen Wilson. He's so funny. Once Loki was told the truth about the workers at the TVA and who they really were. He tried to tell Mobius about this, that he had a life before the TVA but but Mobius refused to listen. And once things were starting to click, once people were starting to keep secrets from Mobius, once Renslayer was starting to be a little bit more secretive around him, he did realize he was actually a variant. And that's when he realized he loved jet skis. And it was really sad when he got pruned. I thought he was dead. I, I honestly thought he was. Because I, I don't put it past Marvel to kill off the comedic release because they have before. He's like, you know, he said, you asked me earlier, where would I go if I can go at any point in time? He goes, wherever I'm really from. He's like, maybe I had a jet ski. I actually started crying. It was really sad. It's okay. Mobius, you will return. So knowing this now, knowing that he is a variant, because he just got sent to the end of time, now he's back in the TVA, that was his decision to turn on them. Not essentially to really turn on them, but help everyone else. Mostly just turn on Renslayer, because Renslayer wasn't doing anyone any good. And so that's who we're moving on to. Renslayer was a good friend of Mobius in the beginning. She stood up for him against Timekeepers, putting that in air quotes, even though you can't see my air quotes, because Timekeepers weren't real, and that's what Mobius was trying to tell her. It's like the Timekeepers aren't real. I don't know who exactly you're trying to, whose orders you're exactly trying to follow, because there's no one there anymore. And that's where Renslayer goes off in the end. She just she says, "Where are you going?" And he's like, "She's like, I'm gonna try and find free will." So who knows where Renslayer goes? We'll have to find out in season two, but. Once Mobius found out who he really was, Renslayer had really no choice but to turn and prune Mobius, and that's when she we discovered that she was one of the villains. But by like I said, by the end of the show, she realized the timekeepers weren't real, and off she went into the unknown, as Elsa would say. So overall enjoyment, I liked the show. I know a lot of people didn't because of the love interest, but I kind of enjoyed it. We got to find out how someone becomes a variant and what happens to the sacred timeline if something isn't done to fix it. And with the multiverse now open, there are endless possibilities, as we see in the final shot for the season when Loki's thrown into a different universe where Kang got what he wanted. Kang was the ruler in that universe, and now that's just going to be the way it is for all the universes. And I'm excited to see what season two has in store for us, so we'll just have to find out and wait and see. So that's going to be it for this episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. it. Bye!